It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between who we are as physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual beings. And, um, you know, this last almost three years now, where we've had COVID and we've had isolation and we've had uh, health challenges and we've had financial issues that are uh, in everybody's mind with inflation these days. And of course, world affairs, you know, don't forget that. So we've got a lot of stuff on our plate that is highly, highly stressful and stress doesn't do your health any good. So I'm going to remind everybody that I have a website. It's www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And if you go there, there's over 350 shows now. So you can uh, scroll through to your heart's content, find people that you really like, and uh, you know, listen to the shows as you have time. A lot of people like to do it when they're exercising, walking, or driving. And uh, so that's always an option. But on that website, there is a link to Boomers Forever Young. And I've used their products for the last five years. And I really believe it's a good part of why I've stayed so healthy. I won't go into all of those details, but needless to say, you know, my doctor just kind of smiles at me and I'm not on any medication whatsoever. And I'm over the age of 60. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where they go, well, I can't believe you're not taking anything. When you get to the website, check out all their testimonies and check out the blogs and they have a podcast of their own. They have wonderful uh, videos on the uh, products that they carry. And with stress, I'm going to recommend one in particular. Uh, It's called Ashwagandha. It's been around for a couple thousand years. And it actually does a beautiful job in helping you sleep. Also, it calms the adrenal glands down so that you're not constantly secreting cortisol. So that's a benefit. Um, If you have inflammation in your body, check out the turmeric with bioperin, which is a pepper. Uh, Check out uh, resveratrol, which is made, uh, it's a grapeseed extract. You might recognize that name. And that keeps your arteries healthy and flexible after the age of 50. And if you need to rebuild muscle, guys, we're losing 1% of muscle mass every single year after the age of 50. So when you hit 60, you've already lost 10%. When you hit 70, you've lost 20%, which is why people fall and they break their hips and they do other damage to their bodies. So there are so many reasons to educate yourself about staying healthy in these stressful times because stress is not letting up. I don't see it letting up in the next actual couple of years based on everything I'm reading and hearing. And of course, here in Florida, we just had Hurricane Ian that came through and demolished a good chunk of the state in the middle. And those people are going to be picking up pieces for a very long time. So, you know, we need to do what we can do as individuals to keep ourselves healthy. So maybe we can help others in need. And I think that's an important message maybe for this time of the year as we're moving towards Thanksgiving and Christmas. So uh, if you decide that there are some products that are of interest to you, use my name at checkout. It's L-U-C-Y. If you use it in the discount bar, then you're going to get $5 off of each and every order. And that helps uh, with the way prices are today. 
Okay, I have as a new guest, Nita Bashir. Did I, did I say your last name correctly? You said it absolutely perfect, yes. Okay, um, I guess it's all these years of working with people as a therapist. I kind of look at a name and it tells me what it says most of the time. Um, but uh, after the death of her husband, she said that she spiraled into a negative world for a time. And I think we all do. Uh, my husband died uh, five years ago this Halloween, actually. I can't believe it's been five years already. But you do because you're struggling to figure out who you are and where you're going with your life without your partner. Um, she said that uh, once she began living in a positive world, she started helping others. She has a Facebook group, Widows Winning at Life. And I love that title. And uh, on that, you uh, post videos and snippets, she said, and encouragement for other widows. And I'm going to post um, the way to find her on Facebook, as well as her email so that you can contact her if you're listening to this show. And maybe you know somebody who is recently widowed, or maybe you yourself are recently widowed. And it is a life altering event, no doubt about that. So mm -hmm. welcome to the show, Nita. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. It's going to be fun. Well, I think this is such an important um, topic because, you know, it's so funny. And I know that you've seen this. I started a widow and widowers group, um, gosh, 40 years ago. Mm. And uh, it was right after I got out of graduate school. And it was called Coping and Living Life. And that group is still in existence. It's in the St. Louis, Missouri area, and it has grown substantially since I first started it. But we, you know, if you're a mother-to-be, there's all kinds of books mm -hmm. about becoming a mother, how to feed a baby, how to mm -hmm. take care of them, all, everything. There are just, there's books on grief, but there are not very many books out there or information on how to cope with losing your spouse and whether it's a woman or whether it's a man. Um, one of the things that I always found, you know, and you can chuckle with me maybe on this is men do not do well at being alone. No. And they usually are very quickly looking for somebody to partner up with. Um, there's an old expression. If they're over the age of 60, they're looking for a nurse or a purse. But, um, but it's interesting because my cousin who is deceased now, but when his wife died, he was remarried in a year. And I knew that he was just one of those individuals that needed to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. A lot of women, on the other hand, especially if they've gone through a long, arduous kind of an illness, as I did, I, I, my husband had cancer for 12 years. And so I watched him die in very small increments. Mm -hmm. And I think after his death, for me, it was a time of reflection, but it was also a time to figure out who am I now? And right. so is that one of the big things that you do with your yeah, That is one of the big things because whether it's been a long, like, I mean, you were his wife, then you were his caretaker. And by the way, I hated it when people called me my husband's caretaker. Mm. I say, no, I'm his wife. I'm doing things a wife would do. Um, you know, maybe I was doing different things that most wives are doing. But I was blessed. Then David was only sit for four months before. Oh, wow. That was fast. It was very fast. Um, but, yeah, you don't know who you are. And that was one of the things that I was saying the other day is, 
once you become a widow, you're not, you need to find out who you are because you're not who you were before you got married. You're not who you were when you, when you got married, you may not be who you think you are and you're not who other people want you to be because other people will look at your life and they'll go, Oh, because I quilt. I love quilting, but I'm not going to teach quilting classes except for the one I teach at church. It's just not me. I don't want to put all my energy sewing and quilting all day long. Right. A lot of people who knew me and knew that I enjoyed quilting, that's what they said. They're like, oh, you should just quilt. And I'm like, yeah, that's not who I am. <laughs> and so I, I had to find who I was. And I think everyone does that. People will look at one aspect of your life and say, oh, you're really good at that. Maybe that's what you should do now. And you're thinking, Mm, no, I like doing that, but I don't want to do it all day long, every single day. I, right. I want to enjoy doing it. You know, I mean, I think that was part of mine. I want to enjoy making a quilt. I don't want it to become who I was. So we have to find who we are and we have to, and that's hard to do sometimes because like I said, we've got outside forces telling us we've got all of our past. We're like, well, you know, I used to do that. You know, I used to do this. I used to do that. But take time to find out who they are. And yes, there are no books. It's kind of accidentally I wrote Beyond the Grief because, yeah, there was nothing. I live in a rural area. There were not even any bookstores where I live. Mm -hmm. And the one book I found at the library made me mad because it was written strictly from an academic point of view. Uh -huh. I'm not saying it was wrong but it didn't have any of the feelings in there and I'm like well that doesn't help me right the so, five stages of grief that kind of yeah, thing. yeah. And, and you know divorce is the same as widowhood no really? no really <laughs> you're going to try to sell that to a woman who is grieving her husband I don't think so so yeah so eventually I wrote I wrote that book and then I uh, so, yeah, so now I help other widows and I help them figure out who they were, who they want to be, who they are, who they want to be so that they can live life and live it without the guilt. And, you know, and one of the things they suffer from is loneliness. But you know what? Loneliness is actually a symptom of fear or embarrassment or shame or guilt. You know, a lot of times, maybe not always, but a lot of times. Mm -hmm. I have found now I moved into a 55 plus community just mm. this past April. Um, and I would say that the majority, I think I've only met one other female that is um, single, but I would say almost everybody in this community that I'm in, you know, they mm -hmm. are in a relationship, be it a marriage or something else, but right. in a relationship. And so uh, I maybe after the clubhouse is actually open because this is so new in here, uh -huh. uh, it's not going to open until like January. Maybe at that point, we'll begin to, you know, meet and greet other people that have similar interests. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, walking into your house and I have a cat and I mean, she, she comes out and greets me. She's very happy to see me right. home. But in here, the majority of people have dogs. And so they meet one another through their dogs. 
right. uh, walking. And so I'm finding that there's just some interesting dynamics that I never really thought of. Um, a lot of people are no longer working, even at, uh -huh. you know, at, but a good many of them are. So it's about half and half. Right. And I think if you have something that is keeping you busy, coping with loneliness is a whole lot easier than if you're waking up and wondering what to do with your day. Right. Having a structured day, even if it's your structure. I mean, I didn't want to go back to work. And so I have I found and right now I am in a really great place where I do this on Monday and this on Tuesday and this on. And when I'm not doing something, it's like, oh, yeah, let's go paint the table. Or, you know, I, I have things that I can do and I put it down. It's like, OK, you need to get this done. But having a structure helps tremendously. Mm -hmm. and, and even the structure of cleaning your house, because so many women like, well, there's nobody to care. But you care. And if your house, I mean, I'm not talking about super clean where you can bring a showroom ready clean. I'm talking about clean to your level, whatever makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And when it's not that, when it's, you know, when it's just piles of stuff that you don't want, but you don't want to clean it up either. You've got your laundry piled up on the couch. You've got your beds not made. You've got dishes piling in the kitchen. And that's not who you are. It just brings you down more. So add some structure to your life of cleaning your house. Right. You know, do the dishes, do the laundry, do. And it makes you feel better. And you're worth having a clean house. Right. I, I do think you look around and it's, it's kind of like when you wash your car uh -huh. or, you know, go in for an oil change. Your car kind of feels happier. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing is that you can look around and, you know, maybe you buy a plant, you know, you put some life into your house that is um, making you smile. Right. You know, or buy yourself a bouquet of flowers. Those are two great things. Plants, not only do you have to take care of them, you know, and but they add to your to the oxygen. And yes. there have been studies that people with house plants are happier, are healthier because they have the plants in their house. And the flowers, yeah, I have some on my kitchen table right now that I bought yesterday just because they make me smile when I walk yeah, through the kitchen. Exactly. And, you know, and you can go buy, they used to be really cheap, but now they're like $10 at the grocery store when you're buying groceries or the I think my drugstore even sells them. You know, those little bouquets for $10, you buy them, you take them home, you put them in water, cut off the stems because they're too long. And then you have something pretty to look at right. and it lifts your spirits. Right. Yeah. Right. What are some of the biggest issues that you run up against with somebody that's newly widowed? The, I think one of the biggest one is they're scared. They don't know how to live the rest of their life. How am I going to live the rest of my life without him? Or I don't, I don't know what to do. It's a lot of it is fear. And then, you know, we've got the holidays coming up and they're like, they're going to be alone for the holidays, they think. Mm. But, um, in which I have a program that I'm going to do in December for, or in November for that. But I think right now, the biggest thing I am seeing in a lot of new widows is just the fear of, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to live. I think that's their biggest thing right now. Hmm. 
that and being lonely, they miss, you know, they miss their spouse, of course. But well, I think I, in many cases, people miss that routine, whatever that routine was. If they were taking uh, their spouse to a doctor's appointments, if they were, right. you know, just anything that they were doing, and now they're not doing it anymore. Yeah. And so it's filling that void that was a routine. And then figuring out, okay, how do I go about filling that? I create a new routine that works for me. Yeah. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. You know, my husband raised animals and pigs, especially. And so when he was sick, I was feeding and taking care of him. Mm-hmm. And which I helped. I mean, that was kind of my job anyway, was feed him. You know, he did all of the hard stuff. I took the feed out. I could do that. But then after he died, the kids sold him for me. But then I'm thinking, now what do I do? The pens are empty. And what do I do? And yeah, it took me a long time to figure out something to do when I'm not going you know, to get feed or taking feed to the animals or whatever. I don't know, because you said you're in a small town, so this might not be possible, but maybe somebody who's listening, it would be. Um, there is a um, like a guide dog kind of you mm-hmm. know training center that's very close to where I live and I have found that yeah I have found that there's at least three people that I know right now that went over signed up and what they'll be doing is training the puppies in that first six months because then they have to go and be evaluated as to whether they qualify for a service dog or not Right. And then they can go to the next level. So are they going to be a seeing eye dog? Are they going to be somebody that maybe was injured in Vietnam or Afghanistan or something? Right. They don't continue the training. It's like another individual steps in that does the really tough training. Right. And they have to pass the test to see if they actually are going to, you know, qualify to go to a person for that for that service exactly so that might be an option that is is a really good option and there's not a long-term i mean i can't have a dog as much as i would love one because i'm never sure when i'm going to be home i might decide i want to go off for two or three days and it's like well who's going to take care of the dog exactly So, so i have resigned myself to i'm not going to have a dog at least for now but if you don't have that, if you're not, if you're going to be home every evening, yes, having a, having a dog and helps in this, it's not a long-term commitment. It's like, you're going to go get the dog. You're going to get it through the puppy stage. Mm-hmm. And then if you enjoy that, you get another one and you get it. It's, it's a little bit like um, foster care for children. You know, you're going to take it for this short time, but you're not saying I'm going to keep this dog forever so if you do it it doesn't work for you and that's one thing I that's I've tried so many different things that's and that's what I encourage people to do is just try something if you've got something like that that you can go do or whatever I mean just look around and see oh this sounds like fun and then if it's not it's not Mm -hmm. and you've tried it but you've had a new experience you've met new people you've gotten out of the house you've kind of adjusted your routine it's especially if they um had a spouse that needed a lot of care you know for the last Mm -hmm. few months of their life or something you know they kind of understand caregiving 
And so yeah. they might want to go, you know, uh, get into hospice work, you know, just as a volunteer. Um, I, there were uh, several people that were involved with hospice that worked with my husband the last 10 months of his life because mm. he had to be in a nursing home. I could no longer care for him. And so um, they would bring the dog. They had like a um, hospice yeah. dog and they would come and talk about all kinds of philosophical things, you know, be- before he was really, really bad. Yeah. And um, so they might like that, or they might like to volunteer at a school and well, read yeah, the children. Or you could go to a nursing home and ask about reading to the patients there in the nursing home or talking mm-hmm. to them. You know, some of them have dementia and, and you can go in and talk to them today and in two hours, they're not going to remember you were there. Right. But in that time you were there, you know, it's like that old, um, it, I don't know how old it is, but there's a story about this man. It's a long story. But anyway, he goes to his wife's visit his wife every day. She has dementia. And one day, he has to make another appointment for himself. And he says, no, 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 it can't be at that time. I go and see my wife every day at that time. And they said, well, if she doesn't know you're there and he goes, but I know I'm there. Exactly. So that's, you know, you're making a difference for that split moment in time for that person. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if they don't remember you. And then again, they might, you never know what's going to connect. So yeah, just, you know, there's literacy groups. My library has a literacy training where you adults can go in and teach other adults how to read. Right. And there's just so many things. Everyone has a skill. Mm-hmm. So just look at what you can do. Look at what you enjoy doing and try. And like I said, if you don't like it, you try and right. try something else. And right. you'll know you, you're not going to get to the end of your life and go, oh, I never tried anything. <laughs> you know, exactly. you, you can say, I tried all of this and this is what, this is what worked. This is what I enjoy doing. So do you sit with your groups that, that you're working with and, um, you know, talk about, you know, let's reestablish what your new life purpose is exactly. and let's yeah. talk about what your strengths are and where you might enjoy spending time. And yeah, and I don't actually say new life purpose because for some reasons that irritates people. Mm. They don't they don't want the new, they want the old. It's like <laughs> you can't have the old. So yeah, but we do work on like, what's your life purpose now? What do you want to do? What do you I don't know what I want to do. I want him back. Okay, well, take that out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things to say is you take that out of the equation because that's impossible. And then if money and time were not a concern, what would you do? And then when they think about that for a minute, then it's like, okay, then why can't you do that? And, you know, sometimes it's money, sometimes it's, you know, time, but maybe you could work towards that. Maybe there's a smaller goal headed that direction that you could, you know, and it gets them to thinking about possibilities. Right. But that's really one of my favorite questions is if there was, if, Money and time were no object. What would you do? Mm. And it takes some thinking because you're like, well, like, I don't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. I, I think this is a time of self-reflection, you know, that they yeah. maybe have not even had the energy or literally the time to do it until now. Mm-hmm. Because I remember after Jack died, there was a period of probably a good six months 
we're just tidying up, you know, getting names changed, just getting his name off of accounts. I mean, mm-hmm. it was never, never, never ending. And right. um, for some individuals that are still working when this happens, it becomes even more, um, you know, like overwhelming because they've got to focus on their job and doing what they need to do just normally, grocery shopping, paying the bills, cleaning the house. And then they're trying to figure out now what, you know, what's next. What's next? And then, and taking the name off, like I left my husband's name on our phone bill. In fact, I just took it off a year ago when I moved. So I was like, okay, I guess I won't. Well, and I have my cell phone. So okay, I guess his name's not going to be on the phone bill anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I can deal with that. And his name was on our house, um, our mortgage payment. It, both of, it was in both of our names, but it came in his name. And it's like, you know, when I sold that house, it's like, okay, that's one more thing that took his name off. So um, I, I purposely left his name on some things because it made it easier for me. Yeah. When he died, we didn't have a lot of cell phones. I mean, not everybody had one. And and plus where I lived, you had to have a landline. Mm-hmm. And it cut down on people knowing it was a woman living alone. If sure. It was listed under his name. Sure. And so I had done that on purpose. And the same thing with the house. It was like, it was just easier to leave it in his name than to go through and refigure everything and have them. It's like, yeah, I'll just leave it in his name. Yeah. But then there were things that, really begged me if it was in his name because it just hurt when I would get the mail and that bill would be in his name. And I go, right. okay, that's got to go. I can't do this hurt every month. Right. And so, you know, I had to, I, I picked and chose which ones I, most of the things his name came off of, but, but yeah, it takes, it takes time. And, and then you have to think about it. And then, and then there's the emotional of going in and going, I need to take my husband's name off of this. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. And they say, well, why? And you go, well, because he's no longer living. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, we're going to pause for just a quick moment here for a word from our sponsor, but we'll be right back. Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? Have elevated blood pressure? Experiencing weight gain? Having problems with your immune system? Getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever, and it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer Products. Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer Products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos, and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code LUCY at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer Products. Welcome back to the Synergy Connection show, where I have as a new guest, uh, Nita Bashir, and we have been talking about what happens when you become a widow And you're redefining who you are now with your life. Because as a single person that has been married, I was married for over 30 years. You know, when you're married for a long period of time, your kind of your identity is linked to your spouse. I mean, people think of you as a couple. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of the odd man out. 
And that is a very awkward feeling for all of us, whether we're men or women, I think. Um, one of the things that I wanted to share, because this was so fun, and I might have talked to you about this way back when we were just getting to know each other. I don't know. But when I was doing the Widow and Widowers group myself, there was a lady that had joined it and she brought this true story in and it uh, kind of shares the spiritual side of life, that uh, woo-woo side mm-hmm. that a lot of people are, are like, oh, I don't know whether I want to go down that road. But um, at any rate, she was looking for the title for her husband's car because she wanted to sell it and she couldn't sell it without the title. And she looked every place that it would be normal that he would have kept it and they could not find it. And um, she and her son spent a whole Saturday, I guess, just the garage, the bedrooms, the drawers, and they couldn't find it. So her son leaves and he says, well, you know, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. But right now, you know, it's time to part ways here for the Mm -hmm. evening. And so he goes home and she walks into what was their bedroom. And she said over in the corner was the form of her husband. She could see through it, but it was his Mm -hmm. shape Mm -hmm. and everything. And, um, he sent her a message like telepathically and said, go get the step stool and open the closet and look on the top shelf. <laughs> and um, she got the step stool, went in and did that. And there was the box with the title. So I think that they can come, you know, I very frequently oh, yeah. will feel uh, my husband's presence. It's usually if I'm stressing about something. But, um, you know, it's almost like it's going to be okay because he went through so much for 12 years and I know where he is, you know, he's in a beautiful place. Um, you know, so he's, I think he sends back that energy periodically just to say, it's all going to be okay. It is. And, you know, he hasn't done it recently, but in first few years after he died, my husband was big on telling me not to walk backwards because he's always afraid I'd step on something or step in a hole. And he'd say, turn around and watch where you're going. Don't <laughs> go backwards. Uh-huh. And then I would be doing something. I'd step backwards. I'd step in a little bit of a depression and I'd go, okay, okay, I get it. Don't go backwards. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I mean, I could almost feel him grab me so I didn't fall uh-huh. and then say, don't go backwards turn around turn around and, turn around. and um like i said I, and of course i also haven't stepped backwards in a long time so maybe he got me trained i don't know but yeah and then anytime i'm looking for something and then i'll find it in the weirdest place and i'll i'll know that it was him and i'll just say thank you yeah it's yeah i like the woo-woo now people call it woo-woo it used to be right. new Used to be the new age. Oh, that's new agey. Now it's woo-woo. And it's woo-woo, yeah. <laughs> um, are you familiar with um, how amethyst brings your loved ones closer to you? No. I, um, I work a lot with people uh, that are discovering the power of crystals and uh, stones in general, but crystals in particular. And amethyst, whether you wear it, or what I have a small crystal cathedral that's an amethyst cathedral in my bedroom. And one day, a few years ago now, um, 
I know spirit was contacting me and I don't know whether it was my husband or whether it was, I have guardian angels that are with me as well. So I'm not sure which it was, but each day that I came to the front door on the doormat was a little white feather. Mm. And I had ended up with three of them and they were all, you know, the same size. And they were just as pure white and pretty and fluffy as, as you would want. So I took each one of them and laid them in the Amethyst Cathedral. And then I put a clear quartz on top of them because quartz that's clear, uh, especially if you find one that has what's called a window where you hold it up and you can oh, see through it. Yeah. Um, it looks like a doorway. Uh, supposedly the theory is that you can speak your wishes through the clear crystal and the doorway goes into the spirit world or into heaven, however mm -hmm. you want to look at it. And uh, messages can come back. So keeping uh, amethyst and clear quartz in your bedroom is highly uh -huh. advised if you want to be able to communicate with those that have passed over. That is the vehicle that they do use. Oh, cool. No, I had not heard that. I wrote it down, though. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. That, that I have crystals and things like that everywhere. So the energy is very powerful um, if you do that. Also, another thing for those that are maybe a little bit depressed and are having a hard time getting out of that depression, mm -hmm. um, that is a, a heavier negative energy that is around the house. And it kind of goes into corners. A lot of people don't know this, but it stacks up in corners. So you can use sage, uh, one of the best ways. Right, and yeah. you start in a corner and you work clockwise and you uh, take the sage smoke and it removes that negative energy. But in my office, like where I'm doing the recording, I have a large Himalayan rock salt lamp. Are you familiar with those? I am. Yes. Okay. And if they put those like bedrooms, um, offices, you know, any place you spend a lot of time that will keep the negative energy cleared. Oh, how cool. Yeah. And so these are little things that people can do to begin to shift, you know, that energetic uh, complacency. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what my life is all about. All of that is somewhat negative energy. Now, I'm going to give you one other thing that's kind of a cool thing, because you, um, if you don't know about this, need to look up more information to share with your people. But his name was Dr. Emoto. Have you ever heard of him? I have heard of him. Yeah. yeah. It's E-M as in Mary O-T-O. -O. And um, he studied how negative energy impacts things. So he has a lot of books, actually. You can go online and look at his pictures. Mm -hmm. But um, he would speak negatively to water and then freeze it. And the water crystals were all distorted. And then he would speak lovingly to water and freeze it. And they were as beautiful as a stained glass window. And since we are 60% water, when we have negative energy with us and are giving negative thoughts to ourselves, then we are hurting our bodies yeah. physically. I, yeah. Yeah, so I'm big on negative. I grew up in a negative home, which was why I recognized, wait a minute, you're going back into negativity mm -hmm. and it wears you out. Yes. Being negative physically wears you out. And so that was why I started pursuing going back into the positive, you know, finding my way back to the positive life because I'm just like, 
that is just too tiring to be negative. And I didn't know how, I didn't know all of this, but I knew that negativity really affects everything. It affects mm-hmm. our health. It affects our bodies. It affects our energy. All of it. It, it affects all four of the legs on your stool. Yes, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it absolutely does. And talk about wobbly. You know, the, the oh, yeah. emotional component and the physical component are going to be very, very wobbly. So, um, yeah, but I think if people can go, um, you know, look up and understand, because that isn't woo-woo, that's science. That's and science. Yeah. There, there is a lot of information anymore out there about how the adrenal glands impact us. Because if you're coming off of, you know, just being recently widowed, the stress level is through the roof. It is the one, if not the, uh, death and divorce are number one in terms well, of stress. And I was doing some research the other day and widows are like 37 or 40% more likely to have a heart attack yes, or a stroke after they become widows than they were before they had a stroke yes. or before yeah. they became widows because it, it affects their bodies that much. Well, you know, a lot of people that have had lifelong mates, um, they say that they die from uh, grief. Mm -hmm. Their heart is broken. And quite often they have, you know, massive strokes or massive coronaries. And it's just that it, it, you know, they have not been able to get out of the throes of their grief to move on a little bit and find something. Uh, some other connection, whether it be with grandchildren or like I said earlier, schools or, you know, something that is pulsing with life because they have been, you know, pulled down so much with uh, the bereavement process. Exactly. So, yeah. And if you, I mean, even if you're being a widow for a while, if you're still in that grief period, Uh you, you need to try to, you need to try to get out of it because it's not fun. Exactly. Exactly. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not good for you and it's not good for anyone else that's around you, by the way. Yeah. Right. So uh, a lot of times people lose their friends because they keep hearing the same story over and over and over again and they feel helpless. And so they don't know what to do to make it better. They don't know what to, and it's the same negative story. And so when they, when they suggest something and their friend doesn't want to do it, it's like, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. exactly exactly Nita it has been awesome having you as nice. part of the show and it, the show goes so fast when uh it's a topic that everybody needs to better understand so I know I will be having you back as a guest in the Thank future you. and uh, just explain again one more time how people can reach you and it's going to be on the synopsis on the website as well Okay, so you can, um, you will have my my calendar link if they want to talk to me that way. But I'm on Facebook at Adventures in Widowhood. And I have the Facebook group, Widows Winning at Life. I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram, just under Nita Bashir. And you can email me at Nita Bashir at Gmail. That is wonderful. Your services are so, so needed by so many. So thank you for doing what you do and everybody um, share this, um, you know, audio uh, with people that, you know, you know, would benefit from it and be sure to go out there and make this your best life. Thanks so much for listening. 
Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.